featuring the strongest, toughest podcast hosts in Maine, pound for pound, keeping you up to date on all the latest news in health and fitness from the OA Performance Center in Saco. This is the OA Performance Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 17 of the OA Performance Podcast. Sitting at the round table on this beautiful Friday morning. Great topic on hand today, the need for speed. Speed. We've got that nice slogan that we use around here, speed kills. Speed kills. Speed kills kills and strength punishes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I miss those t-shirts. Those are killer t-shirts. That's right. So, uh, yeah. Let's talk about how to get fast. Man, where do you start, right? Like, you talk about where do you... Do you, you start from the track end? How do, you, how do you do it from mechanical? Or, you know, what are the best ways? Or should we go, like, jump, jump right into plyometrics, you know? Right. <laughs> no, you, you look up speed training on the internet or something. Or Google, think about all the videos you get with all, every single type of drill you can think of. I guess it'd be hard to kind of cipher out what's appropriate, what works, what doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember the, your... Um, the practical part of your CSCS exam. Yeah, probably watching hasn't changed. All, watching all those videos? No, mm-hmm. they probably haven't. Because <laughs> the videos were definitely from 1995. <laughs> yeah. I think, though, that, like, maybe one of the biggest points right off the bat is when you talk about speed, I think it's important almost to make a little bit of a differential. Like, are you talking about speed for sport as it relates to are you a multi-directional sport or speed as it relates to being a linear track athlete because right. there is a difference, right? Sure. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, or, definitely. You know, I think you and how you train for that is different. You know, a track athlete's needs can be very, very specific and versus focused, like yeah, hyper focused. Whereas if you play most sports, which require you to change direction, your speed training is going to be more dynamic and more complex, right? And start and stop. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. You know? So I think one of the biggest differentials you see is you've got to make that separation. Which type of which type are you training for? Are you looking to be it doesn't mean there won't be carryover from one to the other, right? We sure. have plenty of of like running backs who have joined a track team to improve the speed. But if you're an overall athlete, like that's one of the biggest things you've got to differentiate is you can't just Take a bunch of track drills and and apply them like the A skips and B skips. Remember all that stuff we we did like mm-hmm. it, it, the carryover like th- that stuff is you're talking about people that have very refined technique with that a very it's it's years and years of making sure you get that drill perfect. Yeah, yeah. you know because it matters so much. Right. Where in sport you've got a lot of other things you got to carry over. Uh, yeah, that, 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 like whether you can do a completely fundamentally sound A skip and B skip you know important but not as important yeah. I think that yeah that's a good point um, why do you think why do you think athletes don't like change of direction as much as acceleration just not the glory yeah not the glory part of speed and I feel like it's, it's kind of challenging a lot of athletes yeah. struggle with managing their center of gravity they don't mm. understand how it works um you're right. It's not the pretty like sprint, you know, sprint forty yards as fast as you can. It's a lot of starting, stopping, right. cutting, yeah. moving forward, backward, laterally, up, down. Um, it's very demanding. I think body. as you get older, though, that, that that changes, and I think it's actually to your point exactly that is the fact that you've got like you get so clumsy 
from like 12 to 15, 16, right? Yeah. You know, feet are out of order. Your, your, your uncoordinated balance goes. Like, it's not as fun. Like, it's way easier to, to just run. run, run faster. But, like, once you start to, you've grown into your body, so to speak, right? And you understand, like, a little bit more coordinated, understanding where your center of gravity is, being able to do that actually becomes a little bit more fun right you know and really understand what it takes to kind of get out of a, a hard cut you know into a reacceleration. yeah All right. there's one underlying thing I always teach no matter if it's a linear speed day or more of a change directions you know day the, the underlying common denominator is you need to learn how to apply force yes. like force application is a biggie whether that's when you accelerate or decelerate or cut. Like if you cannot apply force to the ground, which is an immovable object, you're not going to be fast. Yeah. You're not going to be able to manage your center of gravity. And I think that that age group, that 12 to 15, your body's changing. You may not be as strong as you were because you've grown three inches or four inches in the last few months, six months. So you lose that strength. When you lose that strength and coordination, your force application tends to take a take a hit, and all of a sudden you're like an octopus running down the turf. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you know, plus your your you know size six shoe is now increased to size size nine or ten, so <laughs> your ground reaction times greatly increased, and you're, you're running on your ball, your your the heel of right. your foot, the clown. Right. Yeah. Ronald McDonald. I think. Before before I started working here, I really didn't have aside from my aside from the exam, aside from the CSCS exam and the and the the gate analysis that the, that they did in that book, I really had no background on speed training before I before I started working here, and I think that's the case in a lot of places. Mm. That that you know everybody does strength, right? Everybody does some sort of lifting, every gym. But speed training, I think, is is a little a little bit more rare, and like you don't see it everywhere. You know, and I, I'm sure you found that you didn't do it mm. in some of the places you worked before you started working here. Yeah, you know, and it just kind of got left out. One, maybe because I don't have the space to do it. That's it a big it one. demands a little bit more space than than. Just purely strength training does um so if if you got an athlete in here we'll go with this 12 to 15 year old age group who's never done any speed training before where do you start them yeah like where do you where do you start them in that in that speed progression basic locomotive uh i guess working on coordination so getting back to the skipping can he yeah. can the person skip Right. It always comes back to my hundred dollar challenge I do. I've been doing it since two thousand eight. Who wants to make a hundred bucks during the session? Oh I do, I do. Okay, I want you to run from that line to that line, running with same arm, same leg. So if you listening it'd be if your right arm is in front of your face when you run, your right leg is up at the same time and vice versa. And kids will try to do that and they can't. So when we go to skipping, when they do same arm, same leg, it's like, well, you can't do it that way. It's going to be opposite arm, opposite leg. So coordination stuff like that. Yeah. Can they decelerate? Can they show a proper base position? All that coordination stuff first. Because as you know, if you start adding training to dysfunction, yeah. you may get away with it for a while, but it comes out one day where that kid cuts differently or lands differently or accelerates. And yep. 
I think if it's one thing I, I try to get kids to appreciate from the get-go, like early on, is just most fundamental thing, just get them to understand the importance of arm drive, right? Like nothing cleans up running mechanics sooner of just having an understanding, like you can't, you know, have an open hand. Yes, you can argue the point whether they should be 90 degrees with the elbow position, but also have an understanding of like, the movement occurs at the shoulder and it's not just at the elbow. Like yeah. if you can get them just to appreciate like that that same drill we always always do and I do it all the time. It's just that, hey, march in place and I do that sometimes too. You know, I pick that up from you. It's I think it I think it shows them very, you know, very clearly the importance of arm drive. Yeah. And it so those of you, you don't know what we're talking about, like the the drill is I'll have kids march in place and I tell them, listen See how you're going right now. Keep your arms at the same speed that you're going right now. But now I want you to march faster without moving your arms any faster. And they, they, and then <laughs> I keep telling them faster, faster, faster. And they, uh, what ends up happening is the kids end up having to move their arms faster. You can't do it. So my point that I tell them is like you can't have good leg drive without good arm drive. It's the importance. If you want to run faster, you got to move your arms harder. You know, and then we go back to you know. We care from there, but for me, I think the simplest things you can do is, is like, hey, just teach them the importance of, of that arm drive has mm-hmm. in it, from the start all the way, all the way, it carrying you through up to top speed. Mm-hmm. You know, what about you? Like, what do you think is you know from 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 a basic standpoint? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, all the things that Adam said. You know, it's marching, skipping. Can they get themselves into a good position from from a drop squat position into mm-hmm. base? Like, what does that look like? Do they look athletic at all? Um, what's their jumping mechanics look like? Like, mm-hmm. how does it look when they do a squat jump? Um, and how does it look when they do a broad jump? Like, do they have any ability to absorb force, produce the force, and absorb the force? Um, because those are keys, like learning how to not only produce it but then absorb it yeah. from an injury prevention standpoint. Um, Just talking about that the other day when I had UNE's physical therapy school in here. Yeah, you know a lot of that stuff is fo- focused on the application and, and, and creating force, but not necessarily how to absorb it. Right. Because the repeated inability to absorb forces is what's going to lead you to injury. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, not only leads you to injury, but the other thing I, the other analogy I've always given is like that's you as an athlete. If you think of yourself as a, like a performance race car, right? So it comes to speed. Like it's one thing to have like a five hundred horsepower engine. You know, you can haul butt in a straight line. But then when it comes time to make a turn, like you better have some good suspension in there, right? And if you don't have good suspension that's set up and articulated the right way. Doom on you! You're going right. You're going right into the <laughs> you know the, the boards, right? Like yeah. you're going to the wall. Like you have to have good suspension, and that comes back to two things: like a knowing how to control it, having the right angles, and two having some strength and stability. You know, yeah. and to piggyback that, that all comes down to how's their foot strike in the ground. Yep. You know, so you teach kids the difference between being on your toes, being on the ball of your foot, and being on your heel. Right. What that what that feels like. Yep. You know, because I feel like, you know, obviously in here we teach about being on the ball of the foot during acceleration and stuff like that, but I think a lot of kids will confuse that with being on the toes. Yes. And it's that subtle difference in the positioning of the foot and 
having the, the foot dorsiflex. Um, yeah, I think that that shows itself a lot when we do wall drills. So, yeah. so wall drills, if you're if you're trying to picture, are essentially setting yourself up in a forty five degree angle on the wall and working on producing force into the ground, like working on your knee drive and working on force production. So you can do many different things on the wall, but the idea is to be on the ball of your foot, right? Yep. And we see kids that are flat-footed, we see kids that are on their toes, and so I think that's a great drill to start to feel the difference between them. Like, how do I be the most explosive that I can be in this position? Right. You know, there's no doubt the ball of your foot is where you are the most athletic and where you're the most explosive. You know, you start that that train of thought with the warm up. You know, even getting on the ground and doing your your hip series, the forward hip circles, yeah. the hydrants, the backward hip circles, just having that foot that's not working, or actually the foot of the leg that's working, having them in that dorsiflexion position. Kids yeah. would be like, "Why am I doing this? I'm not standing on the ground." I'm like, "We're just getting you familiar with what it feels like to be in that position when you mm-hmm. work. Yeah. That way, you don't have to think about it." And it's crucial. It's like when you talk about, you know ball of the foot or midfoot forward that sort of thing and, and I think another thing that's misunderstood is like regardless of what type of speed you're talking about whether you're talking about acceleration whether you're which is hey getting yourself up to top speed you're talking about top speed mechanics you're still on the ball of the foot and even now if you're a long distance runner like you better not be hitting that heel first right like if you know and it's it's a common thing we see like in physical therapy is, is folks that they spend way too much time that heel strike, right? And that leads to all kinds of problems. Like you're decelerating yourself when you do that. You know, so like our physical therapists spend a lot of time like Dan Fry and Jared Buzzle, like spending time on getting people to understand like, hey, instead of like overstriding, like, hey, you need to increase your cadence so that you have better turnover and you're keeping that foot underneath you and you still want to be on that ball of that foot. You know, and so I guess the point I'm trying to make is like it's regardless of speed, what type of speed you're talking about. Again, even multi-directional, what you still need to be like that midfoot forward. Yeah. You know. So it's it's crucial. I mean, that, that's the other thing I used to tell kids when I was going is like, you don't go anywhere, you don't go anywhere until your foot gets underneath your hip. So if you overstride and hit that heel first, like you're actually breaking yourself. Like mm-hmm. you're you're hitting the brakes. So remember that the sooner you can kind of get that foot back underneath you, you're gonna you're gonna have more propulsion. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. The analogy I use with the, with the wall drill is like let's say on the way home from this session, your mom runs out of gas. You got to push the car. Camel position. How are you gonna push? You're gonna push yeah. it upright. With your heels hitting the ground. You're gonna get in that nice power position at 45 degrees and. Push that way. They always pick that one. I'm like, well, why? Why is that work better? I don't know. I'm like, well, because you're applying force to the ground. Yeah. You're, you're using the ground as your ally. I think that you know it kind of goes into both those. Like you talk about, you know. So we said, hey, arm drive matters, and then you you're talking about, hey, where your foot, how your foot interacts with the ground, and I think you, which leads right into again, regardless of what type of speed you talk about, like having getting kids to appreciate the importance of angles, mm. right? The angle of the shin, the angle of the body. Like, yeah. if you want to go, if you want to go forward, the more you can improve that angle, you know, or, you know, if you talk about a multi-directional sense, what angles are you looking for um, when you're trying to, for, for speed? Like, that stuff matters, you know? 
the and the wall drills are great for that too like seeing your own angles like does your shin angle match your body angle when you're up in the at the height of your knee or like when your knee is up towards your waist like what's your is your foot tucked underneath you or is it out in front of you so your shin angle can match your body angle and kids see that now it's sometimes it's difficult for them to translate that position into an actual sprint but right just time yeah creating that positive shin angle yep just helps them understand getting their foot in the right position but also creating that like good separation between their front and back leg mm-hmm. they can really have a proper stride angle or I guess stride distance right because um, you know when you lose that shin angle it gets more of a vertical position that's when you start over striding that's when you start striking the ground with your heel first and like you said Stan it's just like putting the brakes on yeah it's like learning how to drive a standard. Right. Pop the clutch, back and forth, right? Yeah. Accelerate, brake, accelerate, brake. So. <laughs> so have an appreciation of angles, right? Like you've mm-hmm. got to have, you know, really what I tell them is like, hey, whatever direction you want to go in, you need to have an angle that's pointed in that direction. If your angle is pointed up, that's where your force is going. If your angle is pointed forward, that's where your force is going. If you're, even like when you talk about multidirectional, right? Like we get a lot of kids, you guys see all the time where it's like, they've kind of got that squat stance where that angle is actually pointing upwards versus you almost want to have like that medial ankle, that inward angle. inside the ankle. Right. To be able to produce force. So if I'm, you know, if I want to move laterally to my right, I need to make sure that my left side has an angle going in that direction. If I don't, I'm not gonna. Ha- I'm not gonna be, and I'm not gonna be as fast as I can be. Yeah. Right. It just puts your center of gravity going in the direction you want to go in. Right. I think that it makes so much sense. Right. But for so long, change of direction mechanics have been taught by planning off the outside leg and then driving in that direction. And I think I still see kids working that way. Um, so what, we'll, we'll attack it from this way, and we've already touched on it a little bit, so like, what are, what are common flaws? We'll go, we'll go straight line speed first. So linear speed first. Linear speed first. Common, common flaws that you see, and then a drill that you've utilized in your, in your time teaching it that helps to correct it. Mm-hmm. So I think, the first thing that you see, let's say linear, so you work on acceleration, you yeah. start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think the most common fault you see is kids will get too upright. Right off immediately. the bat, yeah. immediately. Right. Yeah. So as we teach in here, it's when you come off that line, you should be in a 45 degree angle, at least for the first eight to 10 yards of your sprint. Yeah, I'd say try for 15 even. Yeah, well it depends on the height of the kid. Yeah. You know, so if you yeah. have someone that's a little bit shorter, it might be difficult, but yeah, you're longer angly guys yeah um so you you know obviously you start cueing okay let's uh let's keep your eyes down Mm -hmm. that's a big one um keep your chin tucked into your chest so if kids struggle with that i literally have them take their shirt and put it bite it yeah yeah i've done that before and keep their chin down i'll take a lacrosse ball and stick it in there sometimes um that's the most common thing i see to start with that um about you getting too rotational yeah. Girls especially. I don't know why, but girls, arm action with girls sprinting tends to be elbows out and rotate. So you're, instead of your Cross hand, right, they, 
they run this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what that means is instead of your hand moving from your chin to your pocket, your elbows get away from your body and you're, you're rotating and your hand end up, ends up moving from like your collarbone to outside of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wasted force. So cueing, cueing elbows tucked in is good. Um, sometimes making them sit on the ground and doing that, that like the bus driver drill. Yeah. Um, and just getting them to focus on only their arm action. Some cheats I do, I'll let them extend at the elbow a little bit as they pass their pocket. So they'll extend that hand back a little bit mm-hmm. more versus staying locked in that 90. Yeah. Sometimes that helps a little bit too. Because um, there's some sort of subtle lateral application to acceleration. Like you have to have a little bit of a bound. I mean, it's not like that 45 degrees, but there's got to be some sort of lateral force being placed to get you going. Right, yes. Like you see that with hockey players. They have to do that in order to get going on the ice, so it's going to stay in one place. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but like you're saying, it doesn't have to be that drastic crossing the midline like crazy with the arms. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, I'd say like one of the the biggies I see right from the right from the get go is, like, I actually got it from Martin Rudy is like kids don't relax, like when you're trying to teach them like, they're you know when they're running it's everything's max max effort and it's like if you're gonna try to learn some technique, you know Martin had it best he's like listen I tell I tell them hey do this at eighty percent do this at ninety percent. You know, or take this run. Sometimes you'll be faster than you were at 100 because you just relax. You're allowing technique to take over. You're not overly tightened. But, I mean, you see it all the time. Like, the head goes way back and, yeah. the, and the face gets Classic head back like this. You know? <laughs> you know, that's like, if you can just get kids just, hey, listen, I want you to go 80% on this and just get them to relax. Like, things loosen up and they're not trying to overcome all that, that tightness, you know? Yeah, that's a good one. I've, I've done this a few times. Um, where like I'll time I'll time like a 20 right and I'll be like hey take it down run 90% chill out keep your chin tucked keep your head facing forward and then I'll time them again and then, like, even if it's not faster yeah that was faster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know? and, <laughs> and it comes with it because it's and it's I can see it you see it all the time in here like when it goes goes in because the other thing that happens is it's uh, actually I'll tell it on the story after this, but it's funny. Like it becomes a race, yeah. Right, kids. Like it, when you're doing, it's always yeah. a race. You're yeah. Just trying to get them. Like, oh, I can't let him beat me this time, right? Yeah. And it was funny. Like when we first opened, I remember running. I ran a, a speed class for adults, and our CEO was there, director of the surgery center was there, and a couple other. And it was all like lead, senior leadership within the practice. And they're all, you know, alphas, A type people. And what happened? You know, everybody was going 100. It became it became a it became a race, and two people pulled hamstrings. The CEO pulled his hamstring right then, right. And a good good like required physical therapy. It was just funny, like, you know what you you if you're gonna learn speed, you just yeah. you gotta relax and you've gotta take the ego out of it, right? Well, think about the times you've watched the Summer Olympics throughout your life and they'd show the instant replay in slow motion of someone sprinting right they're zooming on their face what are their cheeks doing they're like they're just kind of bouncing yeah right? all like yeah dead face yeah so they're all relaxed <laughs> and not tensed up 
So yeah, just learn to relax is the more like more common ones that I see. What about what? What else you got in terms of stuff you see? Oh, lack of knee drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, gliding, like a kid is gliding. Yeah. And that's just like repetitions of marching and skipping and working on getting their knees up and and like Adam was talking about earlier, creating that force. Um, Strength too. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, it's that's the underlying factor too. Is like getting that hip strong enough to be able to do that. Yeah, it's yeah, or just overall strength, right? Yeah, like we run into that a lot, you know, because we're we're constantly measuring in our evaluation forty time and, and vertical jump and broad jump, and if a kid takes speed every single time they come in here, and they don't improve as much as they wanted to the question becomes, well, are they taking strength class? Right. Speed and only speed will get you, you know, better, but it won't get you as as better as you could and as fast as you want to be as as if you were incorporating strength. Right. I totally agree with that. Because learning that new skill is going to make you a little bit better. Yeah. You'll you'll improve, but you're going to hit that wall where your body's like, all right, unless... We add strength to the equation. Yeah, I'm tapped out. Right. right. It's like a muscle car, right? Getting back to the cars, like they yep. run up and down a drag strip, hoping and praying each time they faster and faster. It's like, all right, I didn't, I lost that certain race, you know, whatever. My car wasn't as fast. Let's go back to the shop and see what we can do to the motor and make it faster. Yeah. You know, not only strength, but make sure it's good strength, right? Like, make sure it's lean mass. Like, you know, again, I go back to Martin Rooney, like his great example, man. Like, you want to get faster. Hey, lose weight, right? Like if you're if you're, you know, three percent. If you lose three percent body weight, right? Like that can be, you know, that's like throwing on a weighted backpack, right? When you're running, yeah. like take that take that weighted backpack off. Take up, you know, try running with twenty extra pounds on on yourself and see what that does to your time. You know, like that makes a huge difference. So making sure you have the right type of of strength, yep. it makes a huge difference. Mm. You know with kids so yeah strength matters yeah I mean you can't have one without the other right you know and vice versa if you're solely in the weight room and then you measure your 40 and it didn't get any better right they complement each other you know no good program is a good program with just one or the other so let's say someone who's listening right now wants to learn some basic drills or they want to get started on on getting faster where do they start like what are some drills so let's take acceleration I like jump rope so man. we started we started with the wall drive drill yeah we talked about learning how to knee you know proper knee drive creating a positive shin angle position of the feet force application jump rope's old school but effective works yeah it yeah. teaches I mean you can't jump rope if you're flat footed right you got to be on the ball of your foot, or you'll never be good at right. jump roping. Well, it's gonna hurt you back. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be you're gonna be hurt the next day. Yeah. Um, I'm a big proponent too of, of starting laying on the ground. Yes. Like face down on the ground, get up and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like push up starts, those types of variations. I love those. Those are like my go-to. I always start anytime I start running, like after we've done all our fundamental work and marching and skipping. The first thing I do is on the ground, push up, start. Right. 
Because they progress from there. They have to learn how to apply force to the ground. They it, don't. So yeah, so like varied st- various stunts, like yes. from the ground up, right. works works best without question. Right. You know. Then you start applying like bounds and. Yeah, the other thing I would say is, look at video of yourself. Like analyze yourself running, see how you look, because I think most people know what good running form looks like mm-hmm. right if you slow it down be like all right that's bad that's bad i can see why my knee's not getting up that high i'm on the i'm on my heel a little bit i'm upright mm-hmm. you know you can pick out that stuff so i think film could help a lot yeah i'd say even before actually get back to your point even before you go it's like if you want to do running like once you've kind of done your warm-up like even before you you start like doing some drills in the ground, go go do like 20, 40 yards, break it up of skipping, right? Again, like that that to me like that makes such a difference. Like once kids get that, you're on the ball, of your feet, they get that locomotion. Just, they begin to understand the arm and leg relationship. You know, maybe before that, like it goes marching, skipping, and then you know then some ground stuff. But like it, I've, you're exactly right, like. That, that is skipping is gold yeah you, you know? can really tell how, how athletic someone is or how much they understand mechanics yeah based off watching their skipping right how would you this is this is a kind of a question that I've a problem that I've run into a couple times training a couple different guys how would you coach getting into that triple extension position in running because you know what I mean like when you jump when you run when you apply any sort of force Mm -hmm. you want to be an extension of your ankle your knee and your hip right if they're not getting there what's something teach them how to broad jump yeah broad jump's a biggie we'll start with that actually if I was to take a step back um, when they're doing their skipping I take one of those viper cords and put it around their waist. Yeah. My guy that's coming in at eleven, we did that last last session where he's just kind of like picking his You're feet up and your hips back. Yeah. Right. So if I give him a little resistance, he has to push drive his hips forward a little bit more and drive the feet back underneath his hips a little bit more in order to get him moving forward. You know what I mean? So that's a that's a good one. And then progress from there into a broad jump. You know, like a non-consecutive broad jump. Resist broad jump. Right. Teach them how to throw the feet in front and land. Because if they're not getting good, you know, triple extension to drive themselves forward, they're not going to jump very far. Right. I think another effective way to, in a mistake you see, another effective way to kind of get, teach them that triple extension position is when you're first teaching them, don't let them put the hands on the ground. Right, because when you put your hands on the ground to begin with, like their tendency is to let that that rear leg go way too far back, where they can't get any push off from it. Yeah. But if you force them, like, hey, listen, you teach them, hey, here's the right starting position, you know, opposite arm, opposite leg, but then make them, you know, flex at the hip, ankle, and knee. Like you can't. It's way too awkward to start with that leg way back. So right. then you begin to appreciate, like, oh, here's a little bit of a falling start. Here's I got to get a little bit of lean in order to go forward. That helps them appreciate that position a little bit more versus, again, you see it all the time. The very first time they come and test, they get that track position, that yeah. leg can't be any further back. back. They yeah. don't get anything off of it, right? Right. So it's just a, a good way to do it. You know, 
I've, I've seen in the, in the past, you know, and I think the other important thing too, if you're, if you're trying to get faster, the other thing that's important is if you're trying to get faster and work, really work on the acceleration part, right? You got to keep your, your distance pretty short, right? Like you don't, you shouldn't be running really. I don't even think like repeated forties are, are great. Like no. really working those tens and those twenties. Tens and twenties are big. Yeah. yeah. With a good amount of rest. Right. That's the other common one is it be, quickly can become a conditioning drill. And when you're talking about, if you really want to work on improving your speed as a single aspect, like you're talking about developing the nervous system and you can't yeah. do that in a fatigue state. No. You know? So we're talking like, if we want to get specific, what, like a, a 10 to one or 12 to one rest to work? Yeah, yeah. 10 to one's a good one to start. Yeah. Cause you're right, it's, it's a max effort type drill where if you're just turning into an endurance event, that max effort starts to dwindle each repetition mm-hmm. each right. set. Um, and it's harder to replicate your form and it breaks down. Right. And it, and it's the other thing too, you kind of th- treat it like, hey, if you're trying to work on max strength in the weight room, like you're not doing, you're not doing 50 sets. Right. Right? Like there's no reason to do 20 sets of 10 uh, yard sprints. Right. Or 20 yard, or 20 yard sprints. Like there's a fatigue element there. Right? Doesn't mean you can't go do some conditioning, but just understand that you've got to, you, you need to make sure that you get an adequate rest. If you look at a good track star, a good track workout, I mean, even Flaherty was describing it. Ryan Flaherty went and worked out with this, these track guys to get his speed up. He's like, yeah, we, we did probably like five five actual sprints. Everything was a big warm-up, and then there was so much rest, and we probably rested five to seven minutes between yeah. between sweats. And it, really, that kind of almost described like, well, that's kind of the rest between us on bench press day, right? <laughs> you know? But like when you're really working that max end, it's like you want you want plenty of yeah. You, you want, want to be hundred percent before you go every time. Yeah. So I think that that's an important element as you as you're trying to develop your here's my speed program, right? Yeah, a lot of emphasis on the warm up. Yeah, and getting that neural activation. Yeah, that's big. Um. Real quick, close it down. What about some uh, some some tools? You look at all these different speed trainers, belts, ladders, bands, parachutes, slingshots. <laughs> you know, I think that phone is a pretty good tool. Yeah, you hit the record button, right. hit slow mo, and take yeah. a look at that. That's yeah. probably the single best tool you can have. You know, in terms of before you buy all that garbage. You know? I'm not going to lie though, I remember, I don't know how many years ago, I come up with an idea of creating a, an arm sleeve that kept your arm at 90 degrees. You can go into elbow flexion. Never panned out. No. No. Write that back down and revisit. Um, one big one you see is a speed ladder, agility ladder. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Because I tend to be a little bit different about that. As it relates to speed. A lot of times I'll get parents in here sons and daughters or coaches say, hey, yeah, we've been doing the agility ladder, the speed ladder, but, uh, you know, this to get them faster, it's not really, Eh. what are your thoughts on that? I think there's, I don't know, there's no question that it helps with coordination and foot speed, right, which are are components of of speed, obviously. Mm -hmm. As it's, as it pertains to like a direct correlation to getting faster in a straight line, I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but I think it has a pretty has a pretty low ceiling. Yeah, 
I think if you were going to spend money on any type of speed gadget, hands down, I think everybody would agree with this because we got plenty of them inside here. Single most important one would be a sled. Yeah. Right? I mean, if there's nothing better. I mean, that if you look at it, that's that's a sports specific like breasts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's no. It, it reinforces everything we talk about. Right. Right. And I think it's you know even more than a prowler. Right. A sled is a way better speed training tool. You know, depending on what you want to do, whether it's you want to go heavy with it or go lighter with it. Like there, if you want to spend money on a speed training tool, that one will take you a long way. Right. Yep. Right. And that's after you've mastered movements. Right. Yeah. So once you've mastered your movements of, you know, the locomotion, the hand-eye, you know, the cord, the arm-leg relationship, the force application, then you start adding those sprinkles on there, the sled training and stuff like that. No, I totally agree. Yeah, with the ladder for me, I, it's more of a warm-up tool for me. Mm-hmm. Getting, like you said, the hand, uh, the coordination aspect. Into yeah. It, um, and just getting the foot contacts down. But you look at, like... You know, I always say that you can't really apply force to the ground through a ladder. And you look at the body position some of these kids get in through that ladder. There's no arm action. They look like a T-Rex going through there. Right. Sometimes right. they're turned sideways or at an angle. They're all stiff and tense. Right. So, and it turns into who can do it faster. Exactly. So they're doing it right. 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 Faster. You get five or six kids on that ladder. It's who can do it faster. Yeah. So. I would say from a from a linear standpoint, that's important. From a multi-directional standpoint, it's, it's pretty good. Just because done correctly if it's coached well you know it teaches them hey again angles mm. angles the application of hey inside ball of the foot right you know when you're doing that that push off and you can really take that you know go from a lower amplitude movement to a higher yield movement but if it's done from a multi-directional point it, it's pretty good but again it's not the end all yeah. You still have to be coached. You can't just be standing up tall and, and doing it. You have to have somebody coaching with it. So. Yeah, I think the bottom line with agility ladders is you don't you can't do agility ladder drills over and over and over again and expect to get faster. So that's a good summary right there. Talk speed all day. You're right. Yeah. We could have gone on for a long time, but maybe we'll maybe we'll do a part two some other point. Good time and talk about change of direction a little bit more because we didn't even get into like injury prevention with change of direction and body positioning and right or even hey how to get faster from a from an endurance aspect too because that's another whole element as well yep. you know yep so but yep. good stuff yeah and if you want to learn it firsthand come on down Oi Performance Center check out a class um, if you haven't been here before we have speed passes you can try a class for free yep. how about them apples. Or if you are part of our program, make sure you make, you are mixing in a speed class exactly. from time to time, right? Exactly. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. Starting June 18th, our summer schedule will be out. Classes offered throughout the day. Um, also, if you're a spring athlete, we had some rainy days. You know, if your if your games get canceled or if your practice got turned, you know, in, into a different time, come on in get a workout. Don't lose those gains you gained this off season. Um, check out our site for updates. Don't forget to email Kevin. Yep. Any questions you want answered on the show, give us some ratings. Get us up that rating list. Um, but until then, guys, stay fit.